1: I thought the fourth estate was time.
3: That's the fourth dimension.
0: I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With
2: Granny and Bischoff. No, not state. A state. You thought I was saying
1: we're the state of Georgia? The NHL is pausing all team activities starting tomorrow through December 26th. So the NHL uh, normally doesn't have anything over Christmas anyway. The NHL does not play on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, uh, but they are expanding that by a couple of days. There will be two, potentially, we'll see if any of them get postponed, but there will be two games tonight. The Golden Knights are one of those two. They will play the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, barring any positive tests that caused that to be postponed. There were supposed to be ten games tonight. Eight of them had already been postponed. The NHL, those come out and said, everybody, were taken off. 22nd through the 26th, nobody go to the team facility. No, just stay away from each other for four or five days and then they'll come back after that and basically I reassess where they are uh, because it might take more than four or five days for this to actually uh, be a playable situation for a lot of these teams in the NHL.
0: I mean, that's fine but are you surprised they're playing tonight? I mean, it's kind of weird that we're going to start this on Wednesday, but we still have games on
1: Tuesday. Yeah, that's What's the point of that? I mean, I guess I guess you can say, hey, the teams playing have tested and like the Golden And they don't have a COVID problem. The Golden Knights don't have any COVID right. issues at the moment. Like so far. I, I guess you can make that argument and then we're just gonna do a league wide shutdown for a few days and see what happens. I guess, but you're right, it probably would have made more sense to just say, Hey, nobody's playing on Tuesday either. Uh but I think the, the, the bigger thing is the NHL is like our leagues are trying to figure out the best way to approach right. this. Right. And we've had different responses from different leagues the nhl they actually have been dealing with it longer than the other two leagues that are going on right now i'm i'm curious to see if they have to pause for longer than December this is thing
0: 26th. this thing's going beyond the 26th right. there's too many teams with problems right
1: so i'm i'm fascinated to see what happens you know on the 26th the nhl have another announcement ready to go that hey we're pausing again or i mean the the, the other part of this and we're going to talk to kelly mccrimmon at 9:30. We're getting to a point where they're gonna have to not only rearrange the schedule, but cut down on the schedule. Right. I mean, there is the Olympic break that's built in that if an, if well, they don't the break to, is the break. If they don't go to the yes, Olympics, they, don't go they, to they the can Olympics. conceivably play games then. Right. Uh but you're gonna be scheduling on the fly and that, you know, possible but difficult. So I'm I'm curious, like we're it feels like we're getting to a point where we're gonna have to basically say, okay. The NHL might not have an 82 game season this year.
0: Do you really think it's come to the point though that players are like, yeah China? Do we do we want to go there and risk having to stay there or quarantine or something happening over there? I know they, you know, they all say hey, want to play for my Olympic team and all the pride and all that, but I think behind the scenes, a lot of these NHL players like this isn't going to be worth that. I think so too,
1: and I think that's going to be like, uh, the, there was a report that the NHL might actually pull right the the players out of the Olympics right. like they agreed to let him go but there's there's a report that the NHL might come in and say no we're pulling like we're not letting our players go um and i think we've gotten to a point where very few players would fight back against that
0: oh i don't think many would
1: yeah not at all i, point. Th- there'd probably I be mean some. their games are being yeah. postponed so, but I, I don't think there'd be many that would fight back. It's going to ultimately be a decision that's looked at. Yeah, that's what you should do. Like you can't even play the games here and you're going to send everybody you're send everyone to, China? to China and play there and hope they can come back and be good to go. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I will say this. We've had this conversation about the Olympics before. I'd probably put too much importance on the Olympics. I'd want to play. Oh, really? I'd want to play. Really? Yep, I absolutely would. And. Uh,
0: that's interesting. You're, yeah. So if
1: you're Alex potentially, you want to go. I'd want to go. Even if you, t- oh. e- even if I, you said, hey, you're risking five weeks of quarantine if you test positive. I want to play. Wow, like that's I, interesting. Yeah, I would f- go. So, but again, I, I we, wouldn't have guessed that. We did this during the Summer Olympics, where I was like, yeah, this was like, if I was an athlete and it was like, yeah, you get to play in the Olympics, I'm absolutely well, risking five. Let me ask of you quarantine. this
0: quickly then, because Olympic athletes in the summer, mostly that's all they ever have. They every day they train their whole right. lives for the four years. NHL players are playing. They're professionals and they're playing every day and they get to play their sport anyway. It's interesting you'd say you'd want to go yeah. and, and risk the quarantine. Yeah,
1: and it, it, it is different for NHL players because if you are a, you know, a skier, right. the Olympics are That's like, it. That's it. Like, I mean, yeah, they have you know, world championships yeah, and right, other events, the but the Olympics is it. If you're an NHL player, if you never even play in the Olympics... You can win a stanley cup you can yeah. like you make a lot of money yeah. and have a good career yeah but like if you're you know a sport that's solely an olympic sport yeah this is it and of course you're going so nhl players much like nba players or whatever you can understand why they'd say eh, it's just it's not as important you know it's so i've got the nba or the nhl i can play in that and win something in that so that i could get but i don't know to me it's just like yeah playing for my country in the olympics of course i'm going like that would be my thought on it so maybe my contract situation or my team situation might impact that, you know? it's True. If I'm like a free agent at the end of the year. You're Riley Smith? Yeah. (laughs) And the team's like, listen, we need you. Be like, okay, I guess I'll stick around. But like, if I got like a five-year deal, my team likes me? Yeah, sorry. See you guys. I'm going to the Olympics. Next question. Teddy Bridgewater is out of the hospital. He has a concussion, though. Vic Fangio said it's unlikely he plays against the Raiders, which would mean... Drew Lock would start. Have the Raiders just been handed two wins in a row? They're going from Nick Mullins to Drew Locke. I'm not sure who's yeah. better with those two either. I'll say Drew
0: Locke. I think <sighs> Drew Locke would be better than Nick Mullins. Drew Nick- Locke will compete, complete more more than one
1: pass of 10 yards. He will, <laughs> he will but that. he'll also probably throw three picks. Right. Like The key with Nick Mullins yesterday is he didn't do anything catastrophically right. terrible that ruined the Browns' chances to win. Drew Locke will has every ability. Drew Lock will yeah. absolutely do something god awful that cost the Broncos a chance to win. This is I mean again, Raiders have three games left. They win all three. They're probably in the playoffs. It's like a ninety plus percent chance they're in the playoffs. They just got handed a win against the Browns. Drew Locke starting. I won't say handed because the Broncos still have a pretty good roster, but it's Drew Locke. The guy's terrible. I think they're being handed another win. Like, I think they're getting two of the four in a row they needed. And then they got to beat the Colts and the Chargers. (laughs) Set up nicely for them, at least for the next two weeks. Next question. Trayvon Mullen has been placed on injured reserve. This is the second time he's been put on IR, which means his season is over. He was activated off IR on December 11th. And here's my question for you. We had Richie Incognito. Expected to be ready for the start of the season, wasn't. Expected to be ready after a couple of weeks, wasn't. Expected to be back after the bye, wasn't. We have Darren Waller. Suffers an injury against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Oh, it's not a serious injury. He still has not practiced with the team for about a month later, despite that being not serious. And now we have Trayvon Mullen, who, again, they activated off of IR because they thought he was coming back, and now he's back on IR. It wasn't very good either. What's what's happening with the Raiders and their injury recovery right here? Like, this is three yeah. important players, three starters on this team that have just lost a well, whole season, lost four or five weeks. Like, well, what are we doing with them not being able? Richie Incognito had a
0: calf, right? And it's been months it's and months. A like, long is ending, that the worst injury?
1: calf that's ever existed yeah.
0: on a body in this world? Well, I mean, I mean, you got to walk on it. <laughs> true and he is 3
2: 3 plus <laughs> but, but what did still, he do to the cat what calf? did he do to that cat well, this is going to sound like childlike in my earnestness but is the reason that Darren Waller and Richie Incognito are taking so long to recover is because they can't take painkillers
1: wait why can't they take painkillers cuz they're both sober well cuz they're sober
0: oh. they're so, yeah they're substance well I don't think it's childlike. I, I, I don't think it's childlike. They might be limited to what they can take. That's a very interesting. That's question. a really good. That's a really good point. That is not part of Jared's dumb questions. <laughs> say that. That's part of Jared's excellent smart questions. That we're does, having that later.
1: Does that count? Like, if you're sober, like, yeah. like if you're an NFL oh, yeah. player like, and they say, "Hey, my calf is killing me," like, does that? Like you'd be they're, like they're they're gonna offer you
2: opioids or something yeah and you're gonna you, have to say and no and you have well, to you say have no to see, yeah if you, you don't to have to soap. but you're gonna relapse
0: yeah
1: okay but
0: that's that a is question.
1: a great question I maybe,
0: mean maybe I don't know I still think it's bizarre the calf hasn't healed but Waller who was <laughs> hurt recently that's a great question as to whether that would improve his ability to well it would improve his ability to recover quickly but then he'd have another issue that he doesn't want I I need to go.
1: I need to go read. What, what did Bisaccia say last week? He was on a treadmill, but not back on the field.
0: <laughs> I saw Richie on one, too. I think that's the tre- the, tra- I it's think the that's treadmill's the- fault. I think it's the treadmill's fault. I think that's their recovery regimen. No matter what <laughs> we you got to have- get him a Peloton. <laughs> yes, exactly. No matter what you have, get on the treadmill. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> what do you think? we got to give him another $750 million and give him a Peloton, Jared? <laughs> you see how expensive those things are? <laughs> They've come down. They've come down in the uh, holiday season. Didn't come down when we bought ours, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: Man, you know, that's a great question. Three Raiders were named to the Pro Bowl. Max Crosby, Denzel Perryman, and A.J. Cole. First how, off. How pissed off is Daniel Carlson? Right. Yeah. He should be very mad. Do you think any other Raiders were deserving?
0: Trying to think of the other Raiders. Uh, Daniel Carlson, but there's good, ki- there's absolutely good kickers right. in ICS, So that's a... That's a toss-up. I mean, there's good kickers, and you're only going to take what a couple of kickers, if not one. You're not taking a lot of kickers in the Pro Bowl team. Um,
1: Waller, if but he's hurt. No, nah, he, so he hasn't had that good of a season. So like even before he was hurt, probably I he wouldn't have been. My uh, Renfro. My first thought was Renfro, but no, like like no. he's he's still he's still not like a dominant receiver. Like he's a very good slot possession receiver. Renfro's been great this year. But not to the point where you're like, yeah, that, that's one of the top receivers in the AFC. And that's really it. Like Colt Miller's had a good season, but Colt Miller hasn't been Pro Bowl level left tackle this year. Like it's like you look across the roster, it's kind of amazing that they don't have an offensive player that we could even argue is Pro Bowl worthy. Like they don't have
0: one. Hey, I want uh good shout out to Max be getting emotional about it. I like when you see yeah. athletes who actually care about things that much. Um Also, shout out to Max Crosby for dropping the f bombs in the, uh, the post <laughs> game press conference, which I actually think is hilarious. Uh, and then, uh, sorry for my language, uh, as he follows up, but he got really
1: emotional about the pick, and I like that. Good for him. Yeah, he was basically that. acknowledging the how journey. much that meant to him, yeah. right? Because he was, you know, getting sober was yeah. a big deal for him, Absolutely. and now he's looking at saying, "I." Not only got sober, but achieved, you know, one of the highest achievements you yeah. can have as an NFL player. It's it is. I mean, for Max Crosby, it's a terrific story. Like the Raiders have quite a few terrific stories on this roster, and Max Crosby is, you know, near the top of that. All right, coming up next, UNLV, they really want you to go. They're almost giving away free tickets to tomorrow's game against San Diego. The Fortress. Williams cross court pass Hamilton
2: out to McCabe over to Nuga Nuga's going to drive Nuga underneath gets fouled lays it up and in Mike Nuga with a nice move underneath using his strength under control gets the basket and a chance for a three-point play
0: it's the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas 1100
1: a.m. and 100.9 FM I have a question for you too. How many times have you run over a nail with your car? <laughs> a nail?
0: Yeah. Uh, not a nail.
1: What have you run Oh Jesus.
0: What have you run over? I at once um, was a little nervous because my now wife, we had, had our second date. I was a little oh, nervous. Oh, I love
1: this story. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fully uh, aware of this story. At night, <laughs> He went in through the outdoor. Yes. With the. Um, what is the it little called? Spike the strip, strip the Yeah,
0: and you heard. And he just, married her. Yes. No, and she married me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it was a disaster. So I assume that quantifies as a nail, a spike. No, that's no, worse. That's, uh, that's that's worse. Yeah. No, it's worse. worse. But you know, little spikes, nails, uh, nails. But
1: you've never run over a nail, like just well, one day I, your she, tires leaking and you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I didn't you know I look. did it at the time. Yeah. But then you come out the next morning, of course. Okay. Sure. Uh, at least four times. Okay. Because yeah. I've done this like 10 times in my life, and there's currently a nail in my tire right now. And it's like, out one in the of the parking m- lot? Yeah. So, when it, like yesterday, I woke up and my car starts dinging at me that my tire pressure is low, and I go put some in the gas station. And then when I got home, I had to try to find it. And oh, yeah, there's a there nail is. in my tire. And it's, I swear, it's like the 10th time this has happened to me. Where do you drive? An I don't off know. Road? Is you there off construction? Road? Where you, yeah, exactly. W- no, where this, are you going? This, this happened to me all the time when I lived in Mississippi. This happened to me all the time when I live here. I don't know. I I will say when I
2: lived on dirt roads, it would happen <laughs> all the no, time. No, that's what I'm
0: saying. That's whenever I get when my wife's like, are you off-roading? Because if you're just driving on the normal street, the odds of that are that's pretty what far. That's what I'm saying. Pretty long.
1: And I don't know. No, I drive a little four-door sedan. I'm not taking it <laughs> off-roading. <laughs> Not well, you should, the I desert. mean, I mean, you should sometimes. <laughs> yes. I just feel like I've run over an inordinately high. So you're gonna have to mails. go get it patched again. Yes, and I'm very annoyed. Like I want to leave you guys during the commercial break and take it to the tire place that's right <laughs> that's next right door. Across the street, yeah. And be like, yeah, fix my car. Don't the you, do, the don't you do a vo- like literally a voice thing
2: for a tire place that will come to you? Shouldn't you just call them? I don't know where they are.
0: Okay. Yeah, there's definitely mobile uh, people who come out and patch it now. I'd still
1: take it to the tire place. Yeah, we're next door to one. Yeah. I just—it's very annoying. Very, well, very coming
2: annoying. up in about uh, nine minutes, uh, Jared and Ed talk to <laughs> Charles McDonald <laughs> while Tyler <laughs> fixes out.
1: his car across the street. All right, You and V basketball—they play one more game before Christmas, one more game before conference play starts. That's tomorrow against San Diego. Yesterday they did a special, a flash sale. You could have bought tickets to UNLV's game on Wednesday against San Diego for $5. Now, they were upper bowl seats. Uh, previously, those tickets were 16 bucks, So they dropped them down to $5. Again, that deal ended at midnight uh, yesterday. But here's my question. Do you think that matters? UNLV drops tickets to $5. Uh, That's as affordable as a ticket can be. Does does a, any significant number of people buy UNLV tickets now that they're $5? To USD, significant no two days before Christmas. No, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. I don't. I, I And if the flash sale, I assume it goes out to season ticket holders and everything. I, I, You and I got the emails on it. I don't know this. You can answer the question. How well is that marketed? I mean... Uh, I knew, I, mean, I knew about it. You knew about it, but if you don't talk about I mean, if you if it's not marketed in the media, I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying they didn't either. I don't know. I just got the email of it and, and called, yeah. you know, I just think that two days before Christmas against USD, it's not gonna I mean some will take advantage of it. There'll be, you know, a handful of people say, Oh, five bucks we'll go watch a game, but not to where you said the keyword there is significant. I don't think it's gonna make a significant difference.
1: So we've seen UNLV gave out twenty five hundred free tickets to their game against Hartford at Mandalay Bay. Uh, they ended up with a crowd of about 3,200 for that game. Uh, UNLV is doing $5 tickets for this game. Um, they also have done uh, for this game against San Diego tomorrow a family four pack where you get for 60 bucks you get four tickets, four uh, hot dogs, four sodas, and four popcorns, which sounds like a really I think good deal. I think that's a yeah. really good deal. Um, that's 60 bucks for all four of those things. Um, those are the, like the spec they've started doing a lot of these like ticket specials this month because obviously yeah. attendance has been bad. Yeah. And here's what I find interesting. I think these are direct responses to UNLV fans complaining on Twitter because there have been a lot of UNLV fans complaining on Twitter that on ticket the price prices are too high. Now I've always kind of been like, are they that high? Because. Sure, they're not five dollars, but again, you could have bought tickets to this game against San Diego for sixteen dollars. Like it, to me, if you're not willing to pay sixteen dollars, you're just not willing to go. You just don't want to go. Right. Now five dollars right. is cheaper and, right. and that's great.
0: You but it still means bucks. you getting in your car. Right. Driving over there and doing what you have to do to go to a
1: game. Right. Like I, I yes, are UNLV tickets probably higher than what the product deserves? Probably. But like if you're telling me that you're not willing to pay 16 bucks to go watch UNLV play, you're just you're just not willing Correct. to go, pretty much regardless of what the price is. At least that's what I hear, that's what I think in my mind. Now, when they play San Diego State, uh, that is a New Year's Day game, I think it starts at one o'clock or something like that. If if I remember correctly, there was on the video board at the last UNLV game that they're gonna do $22 tickets. A special for twenty-two dollar tickets because for lower bowl because it's two thousand twenty-two. That I don't know because it didn't say where they were. But twenty-two dollar tickets for UNLV San Diego State. That one's interesting because San Diego or Hartford; those are just opponents nobody wants to come see. Right, home game against San Diego State's one of the three best games on the schedule. Right, like if you before the season, if you got out and said, "What are the like UCLA, San Diego State, and Nevada?" Those are the three like biggest games on the home schedule this year. And so I'm curious to see if they're doing $22 tickets for that game, how many people show up? Because that's one I could actually see people saying, yeah, I, I want to go watch UNLV play San Diego State because it's San Diego State. There's a rivalry there, even if it's been one-sided for six years or whatever. But like that one I'm a little more interested in just because it's actually a, an opponent people might care about.
0: Okay. Well, now tell me how much they'll get hurt on January 1.
1: Because it's January 1st? Yeah. I don't think it'll make a big difference compared to, like, previous crowds. I think the people that want to watch it are going to show up. I don't think it's going to matter too much just because it's January 1st. Also, what are they competing with that day? Well, the playoff games are, what, the 31st? Playoff games are the day before.
0: Golden Knights play the day before. I mean, just other games, but you're right. It, I, unless you have, unless you went to the school or you have some kind of right. affection for a certain team in a bowl game, that's not going to stop you to go to the basketball game if you really want to watch San Diego State. and yeah. to
1: be. I think uh they're I don't there's not even I enough. wonder
0: if twenty two's upper though, because right now 33 is the cheapest for the lower
1: bowl for USD. Yeah, twenty it probably is. It probably is twenty two dollars for the upper bowl. But I'll 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 say this. If you go to a UNLV basketball game and you buy tickets in the upper bowl, just go sit in the lower bowl. Just do it. There they, sure there are ushers there, but they're they're not gonna stop you. Just, oh, you mean just, just walk down? Just walk oh, yeah. in the lower yeah. bowl. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah buy the cheapest well, for, ticket
0: especially like the USD game tomorrow night buy the cheapest yeah. ticket and just buy just, the $5 and walk down just
1: walk in the lower bowl they're also they also have like general admission tickets for some of these games that are even cheaper than some of these and just just buy it and walk in the lower bowl like i yeah upper bowl seats at Thomas Mack are kind of ridiculous right now because they can't even come close to filling the bottom bowl just just go down there <laughs>
0: I don't. I can't see even against San Diego State, who's their. You know, I'm, that's their biggest rival, and that's who team, people love to come and cheer against. I mean, let's say San Diego State on January one. What would you consider a good crowd?
1: Five thousand people Five, in the building. Six thousand. Yeah, that's what I would think would be a good crowd. Um, I think they'll probably get. I think they'll get it.
0: Yeah, for that game, and it's I, the it's the conference opener. Yeah, I, I, it's the conference and opener.
1: Generally, most years we're again still in a pandemic, so attendances across leagues are kind of weird already. But most years, UNOV's basketball attendance picks up in conference play compared to non-conference play. They usually yes. they usually have you know a thousand or two thousand more people in the building for conference games than non-conference games. Even though you might be playing some, even though the teams might not be very good. It's, you know, oh, I've heard of San Diego State. Oh, I've heard of Colorado State versus yes. Hartford or Omaha or, or even USD. Right. Oh, yeah. They play this team every year. I, so usually it picks up a little bit. But I am I am curious to see. I asked this question to Mike Ramallah last week when he was filling in. Does UNLV ever sell out Thomas and Mack again? Or is that sailed? Are we a pro sports town? There's not enough love just for UNLV. Like, do they ever sell out? Like it's eighteen thousand. That is a big arena for college basketball. Do they ever sell that out again?
0: I I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. I mean, even if let's say, let's say next year Gonzaga is number one, and for whatever reason, however reason, they wouldn't get it. But let's just say Hugh goes, "Yeah, I'll give you a home and home." I mean, I think you could get twelve, but you're still six short. Yep. And, and that's <laughs> yeah. like, and that's the thing. Twelve thousand, twelve thousand would be
1: loud in there. Yeah. But. I think I think we're we're pretty far past UNLV selling out yeah. Thomas and Mack like you're going to have to be you're going to have to be good for multiple years to get you're to You have 18, to make a 000. run in, you have to make a run in the tournament and then bring everyone back. Right. And or or even like you might need to be top 10 in the country or something. Right. Like I think you know if UNLV was like ranked 8th and Gonzaga's coming to right. town ranked Maybe. number 1 you might have yeah right. you probably do get 18,000 in there but Barring that or barring multiple, like, hey, they went to the Sweet 16 two years in a row or something like that. Even that, I don't think you're getting 18000 in that scenario. You're going to have to be really good for quite a while. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show.
2: What was the decision-making
3: process for you like, knowing that some people might go back to those comments you made publicly about Brown and say, wait a minute, hasn't this guy had enough chances?
2: I could give it what they think.
0: The only thing I care about is this football team and what's best for us. Live from the Finley Toyota to ESPN Las Vegas Studios. This is
1: the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. You can follow him on Twitter at mm-hmm. ForHertz, or you can read his work at uh, ForTheWin. Good morning, Charles. How are you today? Hey, Charles. Good black. Hey,
3: how you guys doing? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, I mean uh, the Falcons are. Clearly playoff rods, which I think we learned in a big way on Sunday. But other than that, I'm all right. You knew that before though. Yeah, I know. But you know, you, you get a game with stakes for the first time in four years and you get a little excited, so <laughs> and then uh, I was quickly humbled.
1: Uh all right. If I told you you get doubleheader Monday night football, but it's the two games we got yesterday, are you signing
3: up for that nope. for the future? Nope, nope, nope nope nope, <laughs> nope, 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 Not a chance. Uh you know, I, I think the people who are clamoring for a doubleheader Monday night football games should just cover a football game one time, uh, especially like one of these late night games. And, you know, I think we just need to have some respect for these struggling journalists out here, like myself, <laughs> who uh, have been at games like the Sam Darnold Icy Ghost game and getting home at 3 a.m. after seeing the Jets score zero points. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think we need doubleheaders every week. It's, like, nice as a changeup every once in a while, but hopefully we don't have it for the reasons that we had yesterday where uh, the Browns are playing, like, a preseason squad and Nick Chubb against the Raiders and still almost get it done.
0: So you didn't watch that game and say, that Raiders team can win out and make the playoffs?
3: <laughs> I, I watched that game and I said, wow, they're Super Bowl contenders. to I me." Mean, it's the best <laughs> team in the league. Uh, no, I mean, it was... I don't I don't really know how you could be all that encouraged from that performance if uh, you're a Raiders fan. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Nick Mullins. This guy was getting absolutely crushed by preseason defenses uh, when he was with the Eagles in the preseason. And now, you know, to almost hold off the upset. Like, he didn't play well in that game. But, you know, you would hope that you could hold uh, Nick Mullins' offense to less than two touchdowns, even in, uh, even though, you know, most NFL players are pretty good. Uh, I think maybe the offense will be more concerning because uh, – you know, the Browns have been missing guys on defense, too, and you kind of got stifled for, for a lot of the game until uh, right at the very end. So, you know, I, maybe the Raiders make the playoffs, but, you know, it's not like this is a team that's going anywhere. Uh,
1: the last three NFL games, we had the Saints win 9 nothing. we had the Raiders-Browns play a dreadful game, and we had the Bears only score a touchdown on the final play while Kirk Cousins threw for, like, 80 yards. Which of those three games was the worst?
3: Oh. <sighs> I mean, the, the Bears-Viking game was pretty bad because, you know, I thought that for the most part, like outside the first quarter, uh, Justin Fields played pretty clean, and the fact that they weren't <laughs> they were able to score anything until literally the final play of the game, and it didn't even matter. Uh, that was brutal. I mean, anytime that you have a chance to win by two touchdowns and your quarterback throws for like sixty yards and an interception and like three yards per attempt, uh, that's I'm going to be one of the worst football games of the year. And frankly, I think that the NFL, they shouldn't be slaves to like these, uh, uh, you know, the, the markets that get put on national TV. Like if you put, no matter what two teams you put on Monday Night Football, people are going to watch. So maybe we should be able to like flex these a little bit more as the season goes on. Or maybe if you're, you know, someone who understands football or has just a slight idea of what's going on in the league, even back in April when you're putting this thing together, a Week 15 Bears versus Vikings Monday Night Football game? Does anyone need that? Like, has anyone been asking for that? Like, I would hope that as we move forward, we can, have, we can do a little bit better job forecasting how these teams are going to perform once the, uh, the, season, once, like, the schedule's being set during the offseason.
0: You know, they've had some success, weirdly, against them usually uh, lately, but was that a one-off for the Buccaneers when you watched that? Did you get concerned at all that they were just so bad?
3: I mean, the same thing happened last year. Uh, the Saints kind of took a yeah. team in the regular season as well, uh, and we all saw how that turned out. You know, the way I kind of look at it is uh, even these teams that are juggernauts, like they're going to have opponents that they struggle with or bad games. Uh, you know, even you look at the Cardinals uh, losing to the Lions this weekend by, you know, like basically almost three possessions. Uh, I, I think that even a situation where good teams, like they're going to slip up every once in a while. Uh we just saw the Patriots get smashed by the Colts on Saturday, uh, so I-, I tend to look at it as is in a situation where we know how good the Bucks are. We kind of saw something similar happen last season when they struggled uh, at home against the Saints last year uh, during the regular season. I-, I-, I wouldn't be like hitting the panic button just yet. Obviously, it's discouraging, but hey, <laughs> it's looking like you won't even have to face the Saints in the playoffs, regardless. So. Uh, I think you take this on the chin, you move on uh, and then just start getting ready for the postseason. Because uh, as we all know, with a team with a 44 year old quarterback, that Super Bowl is the main goal. And they absolutely still have a chance to get that done this year.
1: Charles McDonald with us again, follow him on Twitter at four verts. Um, what do you make of the NFL's new COVID protocols? Where they're basically saying, Hey, if you're vaccinated, we're <laughs> we're just not going to test you. We don't want to know about
3: it. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I think they're taking their cues from a, uh, Maybe the previous uh, president administration, uh, you know, which is not surprising when you look at the makeup of the NFL owners. But, you know, I I think when you say, all right, well, we have so much COVID happening that we just don't want to know about anymore. You know, you've made your stance clear on how this is going to move going forward. So uh, I guess they're just saying, you know, if you're vaccinated, we don't want to know unless you're out here coughing on people, which as we know, is not a way to control the spread of coronavirus, but it is a way to keep these TV dollars coming in, and I think that's the most important thing to uh, the NFL, which is, uh, to me, a little bit shameful, but it is what it is.
1: Is Tyler Huntley good?
3: Um, I don't know if he's good, but I, I definitely think that he's someone that should have been drafted, for sure. Like The fact that he was a UDFA uh, is not you know, I I don't think that's a good look for NFL scouts. I mean, we're talking about a guy who his last year, uh, in at Utah, he was first team Pac-12 over Justin Herbert. Uh, and you know, it, it's not not to say that Hundley is as good of a prospect as Herbert because I don't think anyone would say that. But uh, I I think that what Hundley did in college, he passed the bar to not not only get drafted but certainly get an invite to the NFL Combine. Uh, you know, we're talking about a guy who. Like average ten yards per attempt. His last year in college was always a good runner. Uh, really figured out to throw the ball as a senior. Uh, so you know, I'm not surprised that he's been able to come in and look competent because that's kind of what he did in college. You know, I, I wouldn't say good because uh, it's only been two games, and I think he just kind of needs a larger sample size. But you know, if you're a team, I'm pretty sure his contract expires after the season. So if you're a team that is looking for a quarterback competition, uh, I don't think that that's a bad, you know, uh, a bad wing to take on Huntley because you know he's shown the arm strength the accuracy the athleticism obviously uh and we know that the Ravens is Lamar Jackson's team so you know if you're a team that is trying to find maybe a diamond in the rough at quarterback while you know with while still keeping your options open for the the future I think Huntley would be a nice little safe play to make you know low risk high upside move who do you
1: hate more on Twitter people saying that Tyler Huntley proves Lamar Jackson isn't that good or NFT people
3: Ooh. Uh <laughs> it's kind of like the same thing because we uh, ah. both are just like neither of them are rooted in reality. Like I would just say to both of the people, touch grass and uh, <laughs> maybe we can uh, kind of get back to reality moving forward. But, you know, I I to get to like some long argument with someone about NFTs <laughs> on Twitter yesterday. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, this is just. A fundamental difference is how we see the world. So, you know, I'm not uh, gonna <laughs> gonna argue with them too much anymore. You know, let them do their thing. But to me, it, you know, H- same Huntley is better than Lamar, and that NFTs are a great thing for society. It's like the same <laughs> level of silliness. To me.
1: Charles, you know, I'm going to be rich off my NFT horses, right? And chickens, and chickens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: that's right. It's going to happen. It's, it's it's very good that we're going virtual and going outside less. It's very good. <laughs>
0: Charles, you are uh, Mark Davis. Who do you hire as your coach, and do you call Urban?
3: Oh, why would you ask me the last thing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to throw it in there. We, we, know, you're, we know you're not calling Urban.
3: Uh, I don't know. As, as a head coach, I mean, I tend to think that Byron Leftwich which is like as good a candidate as we've seen uh, in recent years, just when you look at what he's done in Tampa Bay, because I think one thing that people forget about this version of Tampa Bay with Tom Brady is that offense did not get off to a hot start last year. Uh, even when they had everyone on the field, everyone healthy, uh, it was a learning process for them. And the biggest thing for them was like kind of tying the like tying the philosophies of how Tom Brady likes to play and how Bruce Arians likes to call offense. Like those were polar opposites from where Tom was coming out of New England and. Uh, you But know, Byron deserves a lot of credit for being the offensive play caller to get you know, those two guys that can be a little hard-headed on the same page. And then not only that, but also getting Brady to actually kind of lean into more of Bruce Arians style of play. Because I think Tom Brady's probably thrown the most deep pass of anyone uh, in the past two years since he's uh, gotten to Tampa Bay. So, you know, I think Byron Leftwich which is like as qualified as they come, if I'm any team that... Is looking for a new leader. I, I, he would be the first person I call. So you know, find left, which makes sense to me. If you're the Raiders, Chicago, Jacksonville, someone that has a quality quarterback and you're trying to keep this thing going, and, and I, you know, just get some more organization on offense. And, you know, I, I, think that for the Raiders, left, which makes a lot of sense because you already have a veteran quarterback. You know, Carr knows what he's good at, and I think that left, which would be able to play into that because he's shown you know a, a good ability to adapt already.
1: Well, he is Charles McDonald from For The Win. You can follow him on Twitter at forverts. He'll give you all the tips on which NFTs to buy next. Thanks, Charles. Thanks, Charles.
3: None of them. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy who's not a believer in either your horses oh, or chickens. The
1: horses or chickens. Just wait till I tell you the next thing we're going to buy. Um, have you seen the oh, Lamar oh Jack- God. <laughs> They're coming up with something else. Have you seen the Tyler Huntley, Lamar Jackson conversations? No. Basically, the idea is that because Tyler Huntley has been competent to good in the two weeks yeah. that Lamar Jackson's been gone, that it you know proves Lamar Jackson is a system quarterback and that you shouldn't give him a massive deal because you can replace him with Tyler Huntley or somebody else, and there's no point in paying Lamar Jackson $40 million when you can get the same production out of Tyler Huntley. It's a fun conversation. I tend to think it's wrong. I think Lamar Jackson is special better than tyler much better but it is an interesting discussion because they have gotten good play out of tyler huntley that you you could consider it right but it depends on how the ravens view lamar jackson versus their system right how much does does harbaugh believe we made lamar jackson versus lamar jackson made us because if you believe you made lamar jackson then you should well, move then, on from. Then you're thinking you don't give him forty, right? But if you believe Lamar Jackson made us like we put him in a good situation and he flourished because right. he's great, then you pay. Then the you guy. pay him, right? So I think they're going to pay him. By they the
2: completely way. changed their <laughs> offensive scheme.
1: And Tyler Huntley did it just fine against the Packers. Okay, I I, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. No, I'm I just, just don't understand the argument. Like the argument, it's the same as running backs. That running backs, it's fairly. Reg- irrelevant how good you are as a running back what's relevant is the offensive line and the scheme in which you run the ball in and so it doesn't matter if it's josh jacobs or peyton barber or nick chubb or uh D'Ernest johnson like right? uh i think De'Ernest <laughs> johnson proved it does matter Ernest johnson had like 130 yeah. yards in his one start that's who had 130 yes. yards but that was like four weeks ago yeah. five weeks ago
2: okay because he had negative two
1: yeah, it wasn't very. He only got like two carries yesterday. But I like, think
0: risk reward you pay him because if he walks somewhere else and continues to just be great,
1: well, and that's the other conversation with Lamar Jackson is could he be great anywhere else? Like because the Ravens He's took him good. and the Ravens said we are all in on Lamar on Jackson, building around him, on building our offense to right. fit him, not fitting Lamar Jackson into an offense they wanted right. to run. So like the like the idea that Lamar Jackson could just go to whatever the Raiders? any well who's the coach but yeah the idea yeah. that he could just go to any team and be great that's not true like he could like you have to have a coach that's going to say well this is lamar jackson's skill set and we're going to run everything based on his skill set that's the key for lamar jackson's success all right coming up next you and football they got a big 12 opponent on the schedule Colquitt now waits, puts it down, McLaughlin into it, end over end. That Uh, kick doesn't look like it has it, and it's way off to the right. No good. And Chase McLaughlin is in a bad slump at a bad time to be in a slump. And that ends the first half.
0: You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Follow them on Twitter, at EdGraney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Coming up next hour, tickets the Las Vegas Bowl. Stay tuned if you want to head out to Allegiant Stadium for the Las Vegas Bowl on December 30th. We've got a pair of tickets for somebody in the next hour. All right. I I trying to read this story during the break, and so now I'm going to tell you about it. Um, there are people that sniff hams for a living.
2: I'm sorry. What now?
1: They sniff hams for a living. S- like s- smell? smell? To make sure they're good? Hams living this okay. is, this is in Spain apparently oh. this has been what do you mean oh that makes sense yeah because Spain has like certain hams that are worth like 300 and something dollars per pound that's not why they're sniffing well unless this is deeper in the story that's not why they're sniffing the hams they're just sniffing them to see if they taste good or if they're going to taste good
0: yeah the
1: wine you sniff the wine um, see what you think. so oh, the bouquet so we're in Spain. And Somewhere J.R. Stark has rolled his eyes. <laughs> there, there's a company that sells hams, and they have people sniffing hams to make sure they're good or not. Uh, apparently, during like non-Christmas time, there's only one ham sniffer. <laughs> Come on. And during non-Christmas time, he sniffs 200 hams a day. I, I no genuinely there are
2: <laughs> from what if i recall correctly there's uh. spanish and italian hams that go for like 3 grand
1: during christmas time hold on 500 there are 6 Ham sniffers. Oh, oh I was say. but that's a lot of hams being sold. I thought he goes from smelling two hundred hams a day. He is smelling eight hundred hams a day, and he's like the assembly line. So
0: if he doesn't like the sniff, he just tosses it in the garbage. I haven't gotten to the point of I what mean, he does. What do they do with the bad hams? I haven't gotten no, to that point. Those, yet.
2: those those just get you know you just sell those for less. <laughs> Here's our bad meat. It's fifty percent off today on the red well, taxes. That's why you can get like you. There are literally vineyards in France that are next to vineyards that sell their the, wine the bad for wine? Like, that. Well, they sell wine for like this vineyard sells their wine for nine hundred dollars a bottle. They sell theirs for nine ninety nine. 99. Yeah, and it's on the same hill.
1: <laughs> so the guy who smells eight hundred hams a day, uh, his name is Manuel Vega. He, he said, <laughs> "I'm at the limit of human possibility." <laughs> Smelling 800 hams a day. Please tell me he's a smoker. <laughs> he he also said, they asked him if demand increases. He said, I'll find a way to sniff 801. <laughs> but, okay, here's here's some more details on that. The pigs are acorn-fed, so the sniffers are seeking an ideal bouquet of woody, umami nuttiness yeah. and a slight sweetness. Okay. The aroma must not be too strong or toasted, an indication the meat is on a path towards pasty texture. There's a lot of words in there to describe. That's a
0: food. lot of stuff, and it, that is that's that's a sommelier rejects. That's someone much, who literally yeah. is an expert in wine, but and now this guy's an expert in ham Real? smells.
1: Uh, rejects often smell like coffee, licorice, or toffee. Now that would be easy to find. That would be well. I don't know. After 800, I'd so, be dead. But I mean,
0: <laughs> but I mean, I do think those smells. You could get pretty easily the other ones you said
1: there's a lot in there so apparently they poke four different parts of the ham with a little
3: Poker. needle thing
1: and if the picture's hilarious they then have the guy holding it up to his nose to sniff it they do that so it's four four sniffs for every for all 800 hams that he's doing which sounds like a terrible job but here's actually the relevant to current events part the guy they talk to that does this 800 times a day He's terrified of COVID because it can wipe out your sense of smell. Oh. There goes his job. His, his entire his entire job. world would be gone. Uh and he's been doing this since 1998.
0: So every day he goes to work and sniffs And hams. sniffs hams. Yep.
2: This is our best UNLV football segment we've ever <laughs> I, done. Listen.
1: <laughs> I was so like taken aback no, by No, no, no.
2: This This is the best UNLV
1: football segment we have ever done. I wasn't being sarcastic. Here's the headline in the Wall Street Journal. Think Santa is busy? Ham sniffers are pushing their noses to the limit. (laughs) Had to click on that.